The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where you hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Bonnie D, and I want to wish The Big Scary Show a happy you. Happy birthday, Big Scary Show. Happy birthday to you. You're listening to the Big Scary Show with three Big Scary Man and one that wears more makeup than I do. It was Friday, the 13th of April, 2012. When the big scary show hit the internet and life has never been the same come celebrate nine years of the big scary show with this episode 235 of said big scary show my name is drew badger and along with our co-host storm meat hook jim and jerry vane we want to thank each and every one of our listeners out there whether you've listened to one show or 235, or any combination within, we appreciate you very, very much. And that's why, even though this past year has been eh, difficult, we have strived to bring you all the latest in the haunt industry news, information, our usual segments, great music, giveaways, so much more out there. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for listening. Once again, this is episode 235, and we've got a show chock full of cool stuff. Storm, in his Haunt Minute, will be talking about angry wildlife. If you're a haunt owner, you've probably encountered some in some dark corner of your haunt. Have you? Hmm, drop him a line and tell him about it. Meat Hook Jim will be traveling to Sweden this time, between the corpses... 
I'll be reading you all the latest in Deadline news as we count down to Transworld. The Hauntstrumentalist Jerry Vane will be giving you some great music as we enter into build season and all the usual goodies that you've come to expect from the Big Scary Show. Feister has this show off, so that's fine. But once again, folks, thank you so much for nine long, wonderful years of this really strange trip that we've called the Big Scary Show. Here's to the next nine years. Fresh British. American International Pictures offer two extreme tales of shock. Super Shock 1. The Ultimate Nightmare. Cannibal Girls. There is never a meat shortage for cannibal girls. The sound of a bell will warn you when to close and open your eyes. When it rings, close your eyes and try to forget cannibal girls. Super Shock 2. You may never sleep again after experiencing raw meat. I imagine if each one died, the others ate him. <laughs> raw meat, a bloody cut above from the land of the hungry dead. Cannibal Girls and Raw Meat, together a full color, fresh fetish, rated R from American International Pictures. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Eerie Vaughn and Mike Morantz. Nightmare on the Big Scary Show.
Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we're going to take a trip to Scandinavia and the country of Sweden. Evangelical Lutheran Christianity is the most popular religion in Sweden. According to the 2010 statistics, 62% of Sweden's population is Christian, 27 is unaffiliated, 4.6 is Muslim, and even smaller percentage identify with either Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, folk religions, or other religions. The Church of Sweden, the largest Christian church in Sweden, has more than 6.2 million members. Swedish Christian funeral services are similar to Christian funeral services here in the United States, but they have their own unique traditions as well. Swedish Christians typically wait between one and three weeks before having the funeral service. This is a longer time to wait compared to other Scandinavian countries. Norway and Denmark, who only wait around eight days before having a service. Swedish Christian funeral services are traditionally a small gathering of family and close close friends of the deceased. Funeral attendees bring flowers to place on the casket in remembrance of their loved one. Close family members wear white ties and sing songs during the service to express feelings of grief and love. Joseph Marsaglia, Dean and Chief Operating Officer of the Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science, published an article called Death and Ceremony in Scandinavia in March 2017 issue of The Director. According to the article, Scandinavian funerals are simpler than funerals in the United States. They don't typically practice embalming and they only view the deceased for a short period of time. If being buried, wooden caskets are the preferred choice. And the churches usually hold funerals during the week, so weddings and christenings can be done during the weekend. Food and grieving is a funeral tradition shared among many different cultures. During the mid-19th century in Sweden, funeral candies were a popular funeral favor. The candies were given to funeral attendees along with wine before the funeral service began. Sometimes verses, prayers, or poems were attached to the candies. The candies were hard sugar candies in the form of corpses, which were wrapped in black crepe paper with fringes on the side. The length of the fringes depicted the age of the deceased. If they were short and wide, the deceased was younger. If they were long and thin, the deceased was older. Well, there you go. There's a little bit about uh, Sweden. We'll catch you on the next episode. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. 
Head on over to HauntPay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Hello everyone, this is Deadline News for episode 235. And we're going to start off with this update from Transworld. Come celebrate with us, eat, drink, and be merry during Transworld's Christmas show, Mingle and Jingle Party. There's currently over $15,000 in door prizes, so whether you've been naughty or nice, the bar will have something for you on ice. Enjoy barbecue beef sliders and grilled chicken sliders with all the fixins, house-made chips and a brownie dessert bar with fun toppings, as well as a cash bar and DJ. Sponsored by Holiday Lighting Think Tank, WeHangChristmasLights.com, Santa Land, and Boscoyo Studio. Happening Saturday, May 8th, from 8 to 12.30 a.m. in the Broadway Washington Ballrooms at the Holiday Inn, just across the street. Get more information at transworldchristmasshow.com. We have this update from the annual Bats Day in the Fun Park Dead Scream Music Fest. Just because our Bats Day in-person event isn't happening this year, we don't completely want to leave you in the dark. On May 2nd, 2021, we are going to break into the Bats Day in the Fun Park archival crypts. We're going to go through 15 years of concert footage from our past events and put together the Bats Day Dark Park Live or Deadstream Music Fest. With performances from Abney Park, Babyland, The Coffin Draggers, Creature Features, David J. Fangs on Fur, Frankenstein, Marquee and the Rhythm Howlers, Tragic Black, Skies Gone Odd, Voltaire, and more. Even live DJs Twitch streams too. Happening May 2nd at 2 p.m. at twitch.tv slash batsday. And mark your calendars now for our next spooky event, Bats Day in the Fun Park 22 postponed tentatively to May 8, 2022 at Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. Keep up with those updates at BatsDay.net. We have this update to the West Coast Haunters Convention. Be sure to join us at the West Coast Haunters Convention for a weekend of virtual fun and education April 30th through May 1st. For our 2021 Haunt Tour on Friday, April 30th, we will be visiting Dark Hour Haunted House in Plano, Texas. This show will give a virtual behind-the-scenes tour, and you do not want to miss this. I'll vouch for that, folks. It's a fantastic tour. And don't forget to join us at the 2021 Virtual Costume Ball at the West Coast Haunters Convention. This year promises to be bigger, bolder, and better than ever. Get more information at hauntersconvention.com We have another update, this time from the Carolina Fear Fest coming to Raleigh, North Carolina. We have another guest announcement. 
Carolina Fear Fest welcomes Veronica Carlson, the female lead of 1960s and 70s Hammer horror films like Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, and The Horror of Frankenstein. She was terrorized on screen by some of the greats like Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and David Prowse and became part of horror film history. Happening Memorial Day weekend at the North Carolina State Fairgrounds in Raleigh. Get tickets and more info at carolinafearfest.com. We have this news from the half Halloween Horror Weekend at the Drive-In coming to Chicago. The air is crisp, the nights are dark, and things are coming back to life out of the ground. We're halfway to Halloween, which means it's time for half Halloween with Creepy Co., As part of this year's celebration, grab yourself a pillowcase full of candy and come get your fix of horror with three nights of scary features. Participants at the drive-in event receive exclusive goodies, including a limited vintage stadium cup with every large drink order. Come enjoy this fun-filled weekend complete with specialized intros, pre-show content, nightly trivia with fantastic prizes, and of course, spooky surprises. Every element will be presented safely and responsibly in the drive-in setting. All screenings take place at Chi-Town Movies Drive-In, located at 2343 South Throop Street in Chicago. Drive-in admittance begins 30 minutes prior to the film's listed start time. No car? No problem! Simply select row A when making your ticket purchase and come with a chair for you and your friends to watch the movie. Presented by Creepy Company. More information at musicboxtheater.com. We have this news from the Halloween and Party Expo 2022. The Halloween and Party Expo announces our dates and location for our 2022 event. North America's only event for all things Halloween, party, and celebration will take place January 11th through the 13th at the Mirage Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Potential exhibitors should contact Marnie Golden Vinci at 475-282-8942 to secure your booth space. Hotel reservations and attendee registration, which is complimentary for buyers, will open in the late summer. For more information and to stay up to date year-round, visit HalloweenPartyExpo.com or follow hashtag the HPE22 on social media. And finally, we have this update from Ghostbusters. The movie isn't actually releasing until November 11th, but it looks like summer 2021 is going to be the summer of Ghostbusters anyway, with all kinds of toys and tie-in products on the way. Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife, a sequel to the original classics, is even getting its own cereal from General Mills, and it has already started popping up on shelves. The art features the iconic Ghostbusters logo on a black box, along with a trio of mini puffs playing around. As for the cereal itself, it's red, blue, and white, described as fruity-flavored sweetened corn puffs with ghost and ectoplasm marshmallows. Hmm. This, of course, isn't the first time Ghostbusters cereal has been made, as the original movie also got its own cereal back in the 80s. So, too, did the animated series The Real Ghostbusters, Will we see a return of Ecto Cooler this summer as well? Hmm, stay tuned.
Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. And ladies and gentlemen, it was Friday the 13th, 2012, when Meat Hook Jim dropped those four immortal words to the rest of the co-hosts. The show is up. Nine years later, a lot of things have happened. It has been a crazy, crazy ride. Lots of highs, lots of lows. Somehow we haven't killed each other yet. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We've met a lot of great celebrities. We've met a lot of fantastic haunters. We've met probably too many vaping clowns. We have been to just too many haunted houses to count conventions, shows, trade shows, all that stuff, all the crazy, amazing things that make up the big scary show and nine years and counting. No guests tonight, just wanted to bring out the four hosts, whether this is your first time listening to us or whether you've been listening to us since show one. Thank you so very much. We could not do this without you. Let's introduce the other host, the pride of Warwick, Rhode Island, with his chupacabra or his cryptid chasing dog, Astro. We have Storm. Greetings. I, I don't know if I'm the pride of Warwick, Rhode Island. The, the, the uh, ghost hunters might still have that uh you know in in their pocket with it but uh but yes where where it's finally almost springtime i'm sure it'll snow tomorrow (laughs) nice the actor formerly known as the unknown scare actor now going by the newly penned meat hook gym for the past several years down in cincinnati i like that newly penned for the past several years well, it, well you, the name was given to you by Storm, I believe, what, three, four years ago? It was. It just kind of stuck it's all, during, it's one of our, during one of our shows, our um, 13 Questions of Dooms, I believe. It's all Storm's fault. So anyway, just I'm about, go ahead. Thrilled to be here at nine years, and I'm looking for many more with you guys. There you go. Just a couple of hours up the road from Cincinnati in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> formerly of Las Vegas, the man with the magic guitar fingers, Mr. Instrumentalist Jerry Vane. And speaking of snow, yeah, we're supposed to start snowing later tonight, but we do have two new guests. We have King Diamond joining us on the show tonight. So, oh, nice. <laughs> I love the action figures. Very cool. My name is Drew Badger. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just talk a lot and go to a lot of shows 
But gentlemen, uh, to say the past year has been yeah, interesting. You know, every year we get together and we celebrate the past year and all the previous years. But frankly, there wasn't a lot that went on last year. So, you know, what are we going to celebrate this year? Well, hopefully a little more openness with the, the conventions and things are starting to open up. But it's not enough and people still need to protect themselves. Um, but, you know, this past year, I mean, we've not been able to go anywhere, go to any conventions, go to, you know, any extra haunts or anything like that to get these interviews that we always bring to you. And it's like, wow, is you know, okay, so we're not bringing you the interviews we used to, but we're trying. And we try to get people online and everything, but it's just been a crazy year. And I, I really can't wrap my mind around it sometimes. We haven't been able to get, you know, go to conventions and to interview people, but we still have seemed to have been able to get numerous new people on that we <laughs> haven't had on before. Sure. I mean, right. as a big, as a cluster F, you know, this last year has been, and already, you know, four months into this year, um, it, it, you have to be creative, you know, sure. and, you know, and it's definitely been a, a task trying to make sure that we have, you know, content for the show and, and everything. And somehow, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we, we don't have the conventions, but, you know, we'll have a short round table for about an hour and being the guy that puts the round table together, um, two and a half hours. We almost had a three hour one at one point. So yeah, we, uh, I don't think we've had much, much of an issue of getting content. Now that's actually been one of the neat things with this year and us not knowing, especially last March, how things were going, you know, we we're getting ready to celebrate eight years. And, um, I remember the first couple of round tables we did into when, uh, the lockdowns had started. And they all start off real solemn. And we're like, well, what exactly are we going to talk about? We don't know where things are going and what things are going. But it really was neat because when we started talking with the guests, whether they're vendors or whether they were actors or other artists, things started to get rolling. And you actually got a little sense of normal and a conversation. And you could almost picture yourself in the room. And, and that, was, that was a neat experience within itself. Uh, you know, trying to make the best out of a situation that, you know, you could almost feel the mood change from the beginning of those first couple of roundtables to the end. And, you know, people just need to have conversations with people they're not living in the same house with. I think it was the one we had with the trans world vendors when they announced that trans world was not happening. We had Kevin Alvey and Gavin Gosca and a couple of others, uh, Patrick Voss and I think it was Mikey Zumbeck. And uh, frankly, I wanted to put a bullet in my head after that one. It was so depressing to hear people talk about, well, you know, I might have to lay off staff and I don't know if my business is going to survive. But, you know, but the conversation there was very interesting. And they started coming up with new and creative ways to market their products. And uh, again, a lot of people have been hurt this past year vending wise. But a lot of people have not. A lot of the haunts that were open this year did record numbers. And a lot of the, you know, people who did things the old fashioned way, quote unquote, you know, found new and creative ways to market themselves. And a, a lot of people came out, you know, 
okay. Not as not as bad as a lot of people were predicting last March when we were all saying, you know, are half the haunts going to close down this year? Are any vendors going to be around for Trans World whenever it opens back up? It was, you know, it was a a very uncertain time. But I think, you know, as, as Storm just mentioned, once you start talking to the people, start having conversations with them, and I, I think they were just ready to get out there and, and speak to people and, you know, and promote their products and a show like this, you know, we, we really haven't had too much of an issue trying to find guests. Uh, we've, we've had to do a little bit of creative marketing ourselves over the past year, but it has a, uh, it has seemed to work. It, it was a shame to see, you know, uh, unfor- the unfortunate, you know, turn of events with a lot of haunts, you know, some that had been around for years shutting the doors permanently and you know some of the companies that just couldn't survive not doing the conventions but like you said the haunts that did opened up were surpassing numbers over last year and they were only open for maybe a couple days if that i mean um i think it was uh oh god what haunt was i i Help me on this one. One of the one of the haunts because you actually had it in the news. One of the haunts was only open for like three days, and they topped their entire season previously, which were they were open you know four days a week. I don't oh, remember gosh. which one it was, but the names I mean, escaping me. But I mean, a lot of haunts were just doing record notes because people were like, okay, something's open. They're taking precautions. I'm getting out of this house for an hour for you know an hour you know, and, and try to get some type of normalcy. And that was another thing too, you know, haunts had to be creative and safe and come up with ways to still get the scare across to still get the point across, but keep them and the actors, you know, the actors and the guests safe uh, within, you know, the uncertainty of this whole last year. I think one of the turning points, maybe, so to speak, was the show we did with the folks from Fear Factory in Salt Lake City because they had done a halfway to Halloween show in May and they had come up with a 30 plus page manual on safety protocols. And they had had riots going on a mile up the road. Yeah, they had some unrest. They were only open for one night of the two that they were going to be, but you know, they, they started doing things like time ticketing, no walk-up tickets. You had to buy online. Um, it was really the first time I had heard about painting masks to make them match the costumes. Uh, they talked extensively about sterilizing and sanitizing and cleaning everything every night. In and between groups. Uh, in between groups, even. And a lot of people took their stuff to heart. That Their little... 30 page PDF that they came out with, they made available to haunts all over the country. And, you know, several of the guests that we've talked about over the last year have used that as a safety standard. And I think one of the big benefits was they mentioned later, nobody had the post post haunt crud. Nobody was getting sick. Nobody was coming down with the flu or bronchitis or anything like that because everything was being so cleaned and so sanitized that, you know, we all get that post-haunt crud in November, that was almost non-existent this year. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's going to be the quote-unquote new normal for haunts to keep things 
like that. I think time ticketing is going to be, you know, a major, major factor this year. I think, you know, people still wearing masks are going to be a thing in October. I think, you know, despite vaccinations going everywhere, I think um, it's probably just going to be a part of the industry now. So, you know, and if we can eliminate post-haunt crud, I'm all for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Makeup rooms got a lot more, you know, a, a lot more attention and knowledge to making sure that your makeup rooms were cleansed uh, more cleansely because, you know, that's actually been an issue for years and something that hadn't been addressed. It was really neat, too, with how innovative uh, a lot of our guests are, a lot of people listen to the show and deal with the show and finding out because, you know, one of the things we saw all year were the ones who got in on it early, who started developing things early. They're the ones who really made out in October, were able to have something open, uh, were able to make that decision if it's going to work or not, and have stuff in hand. I mean, you know, in October, you had some places um, just in general scrambling to get sanitizer, scrambling to get masks, scrambling to to do all those things and add a premium. And the haunts were right on top of it. And it, it even uh, baffled me because, you know, at the beginning of it, I... I thought that, you know, the industry was really going to be in trouble. It wasn't going to be something you could do. I thought it was going to be very much like the movies where you're at that number that if you cannot have X number of people per show, per viewing, per night, you can't open. But haunts found a way. And, you know, each haunt's a little different and you have to tweak and see if it can work. And, you know, some of them had to make the tough choice of not being open last year because they were more in that number where it's not going to work. No matter how good of a show we have, we can't get the numbers to sustain it. So it's going to be interesting to see how many of those come back, but that's haunts any year. You know, we'll have to look in like five, 10 years at the actual numbers to see if COVID closed down more haunts or if that was just the business trend. Uh, but I think entertaining and everything, it works. And just the innovation we saw. the I I can't believe the haunts that turned into the, uh, the drive-through haunts. I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think mm-hmm. you could do that safely. And boy, did they prove me wrong in a great way. They were kind of a hit and miss. I heard a lot of people that went through them, didn't like them, but a lot of people did. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how... Uh how many of those actually come back this year? I know a few haunts have already announced that they will either be having a drive-through part of their haunt or they will be strictly a drive-through this year. There's already been a couple that have announced that. So, yeah, you know, maybe that... Go ahead. Some it definitely worked better than others, but to have that as an element, I mean, that's that's just almost like an extra attraction you don't need parking for, which is, in (laughs) logistic-wise, freaking amazing. But... The, the biggest thing was how safe it was with that. There was an accident this year with a hayride, but it was a, a hayride without lights, you know, doing one of these, you know, not somebody who listens to the podcast, not somebody who's really a part of the industry, somebody who just throws something together and they drove a thing on a side road. And I, I think it, I can't remember if it hit a culvert or if it got hit by a car. And there is an accident, but it, it wasn't accidents with people going through a drive through haunt. It wasn't accidents with that type of thing. Uh, you know, there's talk of upticks in violence, but I really, 
I really think that is because there's no place else for people to go. You know, the, the normal violence and fights you get, you know, on a Friday night at the movie theater across town at this bar on the other side, if the haunt was the only thing open, I think they end up getting those two or three incidents that might've happened someplace else that night. There was seem there did seem to be an uptick in fights and things the first week or so of the season, but I really mm-hmm. didn't hear much of it afterwards. It was kind of like, everybody went out and all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. And they kind of got it out of their system. And then later in the season, it was just kind of business as normal. So, yeah. yeah. I, I also think uh, it's because haunts were the only thing that was open, which was really true, cool right. in October. I mean, yeah, a lot of, a lot of haunts were cut. Were, uh, that we ended up doing a round table about it. Uh, a lot of haunts were, were talking about probably some of the rowdiest, meanest customers they've had in years. Yeah. And a lot of it was had to do with being and you know being stuck inside for the last nine months. It's Don't like, like okay, it, it's great. It. Right. It's like, you know, yeah, this sucks, but you know, and it's it's an inconvenience to everyone, but you know, these people are you know doing something f- to entertain you. They don't have to do that. They could have said, you know what? No. I'm just going to shut down for the year, but no, we're going to open. We're going to make it safe. We don't need a bunch of dimwits coming through and causing problems. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens this year because, you know, a lot of haunts that did not open saw that the ones that did open did well, and Mm. they've had an extra year to plan. They've had an extra year to build. They've had an extra year to buy, and they probably got some pretty good deals this year from vendors who are just trying to unload inventory. So it, it will be very interesting to see how, uh, how innovative and how cool and, you know, who, frankly, who comes back. And will the ones that come back this year be bigger and better and scarier than ever, you know? There, there are definitely a lot of it. haunts uh, embracing technology. I mean, you know, everyone has open had to do some sort of time ticketing, which was really awesome. And you'll see that these people are hesitant to do uh, technology or time ticketing, being forced to do it last year. And I mean, so many of them said how much it worked and they couldn't believe how good it worked. And why hadn't we done it sooner? I think we're going to start seeing them embrace more of uh, some of the technological aspects of haunting, you know, whether it's more light show type things, whether it's, um, you know, more ticket options, more um, graphic effects, that type of thing. And even right through advertising and everything, I think you might see people get more savvy and doing more online advertising than just relying on, you know, cable and radio. I know there's a lot of off season haunts that have been opening for, you know, Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people are doing halfway to Halloween's now. And I'm noticing, because I'm seeing it in the news, that there are no walk-ups for a lot of these people. You have to buy your tickets in advance. And I've seen even a couple of the conventions. Uh, tickets are online only. There will be no walk-ups. I think, I think Carolina Fear Fest in Raleigh is one of those. You can only buy tickets to the show online. There will be no walk-up hey, let's go to the convention today kind of thing. So, you know, I I wonder if that's going to be something that as we go into the future, if basically walk-ins are going to be smaller and smaller portions of the audience. Possibly. I mean, uh, when you have to control the, the, the flow and the output, 
it makes sense to you know have it timed and yeah walk-ups are gonna definitely be a, a wrinkle in everything you know i mean they might say okay between this time and this time we will allow x amount of people through but okay we're only gonna allow 20 people and you have 100 show up mm. that you know that so yeah walk-ups are going to be a definite i don't want to say thing in the past but Give me a hot minute before that they walk up and become a regular thing again. At least until COVID is eliminated, I think that'll be a thing. I now I went to a haunt in season with my daughter, and we were time ticketing. We showed up at eight thirty, between eight thirty and eight forty-five, and I wasn't quite sure that it was open because there was literally only two or three other cars in the parking lot when we pulled in. I mean, they opened at eight o'clock, I think. So they hadn't had a lot of people come through, but as soon as we got there, a lot of people showed up, but they were all people who had tickets in advance. And I'll admit it was not a terrible thing. The lines were short. The flow was quick. We, uh, we were not in a big group of people. We went through as basically just me and my daughter. So we had better interaction with the actors who were all over there and further away. They didn't really get into our faces like, they had in years past but uh, it was nice i i did not mind the time ticketing it sure beat the hell out of waiting in line which is what i did at the other haunt when i went to the summer event they didn't have time ticketing and and we sat in line for about 90 minutes to get into that thing and that wasn't that was not fun because even though everybody was wearing masks it was 85 degrees it was south carolina in july and hot and it's humid and we're wearing a mask and my glasses are fogging up as well as everybody else's i'm sure tempers were flaring and you know i never heard of any covid spikes never got sick from it thankfully but you know my daughter and i were like we're not taking our mask off for anything while we're mm -hmm. here but man what a difference between doing that and doing the in season with the time ticketing so i, I do think that is going to be a a major factor from this point on. So all those time has, ticketing companies are going to be loving that. There has been some haunts that have, you know, done the, the, the different season, uh, different holidays as well. You know, Valentine's St. Patrick's um, fear Columbus, uh, the, uh, the old scaratorium and 13th, uh, 13th floor. They um, are doing, uh, they're opening the haunt up to, uh, the escape rooms and um, and like a laser tag type thing. Ooh. And they're doing time ticketing for that, but they've got it set off on one part of the, uh, one part of the building that is specifically for that. And they're still building over, still have the, the hunt open on the other side, working on that during the day. So they're getting revenue on top of, you know, doing their builds. Sure. So I don't know how I don't know how escape rooms did this year. You know, a lot of them are enclosed spaces with groups of people. Eh, I, I don't know, but you know, the beauty of those are you can do those year round, so they are a good ticket stream. But uh, if, and if you're a group, if you're a group of people, you all are, you know you all went together. Sure, you know that you know the, if you're hopefully around, you're all that. safe, right. <laughs> so. Get the body yeah. condoms out. <laughs> yeah, there weren't a lot of uh, probably, you know, employee, you know, retreats at escape rooms this year. Who knows? 
Uh, Jim, I know you went to one haunt this past season, and it's one that I think you go to about every year. What was the difference this year versus years past when you went to Backwoods? Well, um, Alan, I've got, you know, he, he had everything set up. He had all the, all the safety precautions in place. You know, he had his sanitation stations throughout the haunt. I mean, does it distract a little bit? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Um, and his actors never got in your face, but they were still effective um, from behind a cage or up against a wall. They, they, they did their best to scare you and didn't make any contact with you. And they did a pretty good job of it. I, I, I take some claim for that, but just a little bit. <laughs> Nice. Um, so it was it was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and and uh, and of course there's a hell night slash adult night, which is always fun too because the language is a little more colorful. Sure, Col- colorful, hmm. which probably means more or less clothing. We'll see. Hey. But I do want to remind you that you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We got to take a very quick break to play this very important message, and we will be. Right. Back. It's back. It's bigger. And it's better than ever. Transworld's Halloween and Attraction Show is back at the American Center in St. Louis, May 6th through the 9th. You've been waiting patiently for all the classes, seminars, special events, and of course that trade show floor filled with all your favorite and many brand new vendors. With wider aisles for social distancing, a mandatory mask requirement, and all COVID protocols in effect, as determined by the City of St. Louis and the State of Missouri, Transworld will be bigger, better, and safer for everyone. But what about the Christmas show? Transworld's Christmas show will be co-located with the Halloween and Attraction show, as well as the Room Escape Conference, catering to the Room Escape, virtual reality, and adventure game industries. So what are you waiting for? Get to HAAShow.com and get registered today. HAAShow.com. And we'll see you in St. Louis. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror. We're talking nine years of the Big Scary Show. Kind of been more talking about the past year. But let's talk a little bit about the last nine years that we've been on the air. I mean, we've had some... You know, not a lot going on in 2020, but 2019 was chock full of shows and 2018 and 17, et cetera. We've had some amazing guests. We've had some amazing interviews. You know, thankfully, Transworld's happening in a, in a week or so, and we'll be getting a lot of interviews, hopefully, if people will talk to us with a mask on. And, you know, there's some other shows out there that uh, we'll be attending, hopefully, if... Um, that we play our cards right. But uh, who are some of the uh, people that you guys have talked to over the past nine years or so that really stick out in your mind? You know, we, we just lost David Prowse this past year. He was one of our first big, big name guests. And, you know, I, I was very fortunate enough to meet him at Mad Monster Party in Charlotte and have an actual sit down 30 minutes with him. And he was just an absolute gentleman. And I know Meat Hook Jim and I, Saw him again at a show in South Carolina about a year later. And again, just a super guy to talk to. But who've been some of your uh, your favorite people to talk to? Uh, Jim, how about you? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of them. 
And uh, I've got to say that one of my favorite interviews was the late Cleve Hall. And I'll tell you why. This was way back in the beginning. I mean, we were, what, barely a year in when I did this interview with him at uh, Dead Winter Convention. And I was uh, a little starstruck, and I start talking to him on the interview, and about five minutes in, I realized I never hit record. <laughs> Oops. So I looked at him very sheepishly and I said, Cleve, I'm very, very sorry, but I never pressed the record button. He kind of gave me a sly look. He goes, okay, let's get it going. And he, he did the interview for me, including the five minutes I already questioned him about without question. He was very, very courteous and it was a great, great interview. Um, yeah, Cleve was, was fun. Yeah, rest in power, Cleve. He just passed away, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Yes, he did. I, I don't think I ever had a chance to actually meet him, but uh, he he was on this on the con scene for a long time. So, anyone else? I know Naomi Grossman sticks out as as a fine guest. Absolutely, for several reasons. We talked about that at a at a recent show when we were talking to the convention people. She's going to be a guest at one of those cons, and you had mentioned she was your first woman. Or best woman. That's right. Um, and Naomi was great in the many times we've met her, and including the time you got to share the hot tub with her, and I didn't. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm the voice of the show. I take my perks when I can get them. <laughs> Just keep your purse hidden because we got enough restraining orders. That is true. <laughs> I was, I was a perfect gentleman. Another one was Jonathan Breck. From the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, he was really cool. But he, at the end of the interview, he really creeped me out because he did the he did the creeper sniff on my head. <laughs> oh, geez. And, you know, chill just ran up my back. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> but, I remember the time you and I were at Scarefest in Lexington, and we got to hang out with um, Josh Gates. Yeah, <laughs> that's always fun. He's first of all, he's just an absolute wonderful person to interview. But then we got that that great uh, little got him to hold up the sign saying "Storm, wish you were here." We know Storm likes to like. Let's just say he's a fan of Josh Gates. He fangirls. Oh yeah, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, and not me. But uh, that's where Storm gets his sound bite from from yeah. uh, Haunt Minute. Storm, besides, uh, and I think you have met Josh Gates now at, at one of the shows, but how, who were some of the people that you you have enjoyed meeting over the years? I know you talk more to vendors than celebrities, but I know there's been a couple. I've always seen to get the celebrities, you know, uh, the rotation, like right after you and Jim have seen them at a bunch of things. Uh, like the, crypt, the guy who does a Crypt Keeper voice, we interviewed him like twice already that year. And I'm like, oh, he's, he's at this show. I've talked to, uh, talked to him. There are a couple that I've talked to, which... Just couldn't do an interview right away. Uh, got to talk with V. Neal real quick. Um, she had just gotten off a plane, and you could see the exhaustion. So it wouldn't have been a great uh, podcast interview. Um, a couple of movie things. I've, I've loved talking with other podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's always neat how many of them are asking us for our opinion and stuff and like, well, how do you guys do this? How, how do you have it that you have your own site? What do you host? What do you use for equipment? And it's real neat. You know, talking uh, with them, there have been some neat bands over the years. I know you've hit some uh, 
pretty good bands. I've talked to a couple musicians, which, you know, even some I haven't uh, realized. And then you got even the quasi celebrities and vendors. Um, uh, what's what's the fang guy? Fang Jack? Um, Horror Smith. Horror Show Jack Fang Smith. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Horror he, Show he, Jack. He, he's awesome. And I mean, he's just a ball of energy and, and like a celebrity to talk to. I can't remember if I got to interview Butch Patrick, but at least got to meet him. And he was doing stuff for one of the haunt conventions. Uh, a couple of paranormal um, investigators over the years have been able to interview and talk with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's been cool just to be in with that and, and talk to some of them. Um, you know, the, the ones we've had on the show for like round tables and stuff are, are still some of the best, the horror hosts. Uh, they're always fun and great to talk to. And, uh, I mean, even seeing the reoccurring people and home haunters at shows and conventions and stuff too. I mean, the cosplay, the, uh, just stuff that haunters will bring to shows is amazing. You'll see them time and time again, which is really neat. And one of the neatest stuff is, you know, the people who actually know who we are and find us at it. What we're at legendary haunt tour. We're wandering around at spooky world out in the middle of the woods and behind us, you know, Badger and I are talking, being the uh, normal obnoxious haunt goers in a haunt, going, ooh, look at this, ooh, look at that. And behind us, we hear in this little southern drawl, it's like, oh, those voices sound familiar. And it was two fans from Florida. And they're like, oh, my God, it's Badger and Storm. We're like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> cool. And that's happened a bunch of times, which is really neat. Got recognized at an airport going to trans world one year, which I thought was fantastic. I was just like walking through the Charlotte airport and somebody goes, are you drew badger? And I was like, yes. And it was a haunt owner from the area and I had never met them. That's the first time I'd met them. So it was kind of interesting. You know, they recognized, I guess the picture from somewhere. You, you know what I remember is um, it was a couple of years ago. Last time I went to trans world uh, and Sylvia vile came up to our booth for the first time and she was fangirling all over me and drew just oh my i can't believe in meeting you guys blah 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 blah, blah. listen you show yeah, yeah yeah the whole rhetoric you know and, and it made us feel really good you know it was like yeah okay this is cool you know um she's a sweetheart so. she is and it, i just remember that because she just went overboard and then we we're both like wow okay cool well, you it, don't it know. You don't know. You don't know that you've made it until you. They come up, they fangirl, and go, "Would you sign?" And you're like, "Ah, uh, no, no, no. I'm married. I can't do that." And then you do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, every rock star is married, and they they sign their share. So, Jerry, how about you? I know you don't get out. I tried my share. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, uh, what I know you've done a few interviews here and there, a lot of musicians and stuff. But what are some of your most memorable over the past nine years? Well, more recently has been uh, being able to interview Ed and Gavin and Ryan and the various leads uh, for uh, their live shows right when they got off stage after just finishing performing and the energy is still there and they're still hyped up, you know, and, you know, proving to the world Gavin actually does exist. Um, this is referring to the Midnight Syndicate live shows in Ohio. Okay. At, uh, yeah, but uh, Cedar Point. I keep, wanting to call, I keep wanting to call it Cedar Rapids. It's like, no, no, it's Cedar Point. <laughs> um, those have been fun. Um, I don't do many conventions other than MHC. And then when I am at MHC, I'm usually at, at the booth the whole time. 
But um, just being able to have people come up and say, hey, you know, introduce themselves. Hey, I heard you on the show. Hey, I like your music. Hey, you know, this, this, this is your illegitimate daughter. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, you know, it, it's, I just enjoy meeting the people, you know, that, you know, and, you know, having people come up and saying how much they enjoy the show and everything is a plus. Um, I will say that it was just prior to starting the show that I got to meet uh, D Snyder. Now I know you've met him a few times, but uh, for him, him and I, or, you know, ran into each other face to face, and he actually rec- he knew who I was, which was just when you know when I introduced myself, he's like, I know who you are, and it took me a second to remember, and he and he and he said, uh, he, he goes, you're with Foxy Rocks, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's right, because I forgot when he uh. When he put out uh, uh, Strangeland, he gave us permission to use We're Not Gonna Take It on our second album. So, brain fart, and, you know. But <laughs> um, I, a lot of it, has, a lot of people I've interviewed, it, you know, it's just, you know, talking to some of these creative people that, you know, make these amazing props and costumes and accessories and everything. And it's like, you know, you know it's like okay only be three minutes and i'm you know i'm looking at the recorder and it says 15 you know i'm pulling a badger huh so <laughs> but it's uh, it, 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 you know it's it's fun you know meeting meeting the people that are the reason why we do this so get around there's my answer in a roundabout way Absolutely. Like we say every show, without you, the listener, we are nothing. So we want to thank every one of you out there who's listened to us, whether it's been one show or 235. God, that's a lot of damn shows in nine years. And that's so, every other, that doesn't count the uh, big scary news in between each one. It does not. You know, that that's we're at episode 202 right now, getting ready to put 203 out next week. So. You know, that's been a consistent. We've had a lot of good guests from there. A lot of celebrities from that, from the interviewing at conventions and stuff, the longer interviews, we tend to put in Big Scary News. And, you know, it's been really weird because our show has been so heavily interview driven that for the first, you know, seven and a half, eight years, it was difficult to put together a show that didn't have an interview in it. It was like, okay, well, Storm's going to do Haunt Minute, Jerry's going to play music, Jim's going to do Between the Corpses, or the Actor's Spotlight, or Face Your Fears, whichever segment he was doing at the time. I'll do the news, and... Gruesome giveaway. Yeah, a gruesome giveaway, and it feels like that show's going to last like an hour, and then it winds up being a two-hour show, and we hadn't even thrown in an interview. Now, you know, hopefully at Transworld, I'll get about 30 or 40 interviews, and we may not have a round table at one of these sh- one of these upcoming shows because we're going to have so many damn interviews. But well, that's it, the it, thing too is like with a lot of the previous shows, you you know, you and Jim and Storm would come back with all these interviews, and we'd be have to spread them out between you know two or three months mm-hmm. before before we and and then there are some cases we actually have some interviews that we never got aired because we true. just had too damn many. Some of them were, shall we say, lesser quality interviews too. But you know, we, there there have been sh- ones that we've never had to 
we've never had plates. Maybe we ought to find a uh, a blooper reel or something and and throw those out there someplace. There, I can think of about two or three that have never never aired. But uh, then then take into in the, the the interviews you guys do at the haunts that we all do at different haunts you know a plethora so <laughs> this last year your... not have this last year of not having True. anything to everybody I love, to interview i love watching your video interviews from either scaratorium or haunted hoochie or you know wells township or wherever you travel you you probably do more of those videos at haunts than any of us so god bless fireball <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm looking at the clock here, and unfortunately, I have to run soon. So we probably do need to start winding this down a little bit. Let's look to the future real quick. 2021, Transworld's going to be open. Uh, Days of the Dead conventions are running. You know, Haunters Against Hate, the event is going on. Uh, Carolina Fear Fest, Metrotham Con, uh, Horror Hound Weekend. I haven't heard anything about Flashback Weekend. Haven't heard anything about, but it looks like convention Midwest is at this point supposed to go on. West Coast is doing a virtual show. Um, looks like the opportunity for us to get back and start doing conventions and shows like that is is coming back. But is there anything in particular you guys are really looking forward to other than Haunts opening? That's basically it. Normalcy. It's going to be a while before that happens, but it'd be nice to get some, something. Sure. You know, if everybody would just do what it takes to get rid of this, I mean, a mask doesn't kill you. Just wear it for a few hours. Um, help us stem this and, and get your shots and we'll get back to somewhat. It'll never be the same. No. But maybe we can get back to a point where everybody's happy again instead of griping at each other. I mean, <laughs> that would be nice, you know. There was that sign going around last year save Halloween, wear a mask. Yes. So, again, do that again this year. I'm fully vaccinated. I know a couple of you guys have had your shots. Nice. Both of us are. Excellent. And uh, hopefully, you know, 2021 will turn out to be a, a much more better season <laughs> terrible grammar for uh for everybody so once again we want to thank each and every one of you for listening you know i want to thank my co-host love you guys like my own brothers you know wouldn't have it any other way you know really really appreciate it and you know we we've had our fights we've had our you know disagreements and so far i'm shocked nobody has killed each other killed anyone punched anyone quit the show run off it's it's come close but that will be a time for another roundtable. So I want to thank everybody once again for taking the time for doing this. Uh, thank you, Storm. You, you, yeah, thank you guys. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is. I, I was trying to think of a joke. It's nine years. I got to come up with a joke at the end of every show. It's, it gets hard and people are insane. And, you know, it's. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find Mortal Kombat masks to wear to go shopping. It's it's been crazy, but um, well, you yeah, could say it's 63 years in Astra terms. But, well, yeah, true, exactly, in, in encrypted hunting dog terms. But uh, who, who it literally ate a box of fireworks uh, during the podcast. So you know, uh, again, oh, no, nobody be calling the SPCA. It was those little popper things, and I got them out. But literally, you know, 
Oh yeah, great. Box of fireworks. Okay, good. The dog's not afraid of that. Don't smoke near her right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't with some of the puppy gas either. So keep away from the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> also want to give a big thank you to Meat Hook Jim. You know, I thank all you guys. And what you were trying to say, Drew, is what you described our ups and downs, our, our problems and everything, that just described a family. And we're a family of four of the most dysfunctional brothers you will ever meet. <laughs> Amen to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also want to thank the instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Oh, uh, yes. The, we all argue like a bunch of PMSing 14-year-olds. It's lovely. So, <laughs> it's just sort of like, what? <laughs> and, I'm trying to figure out, you know, the, the, w- w- like 60 years ago that you were 14. So, you know, Ooh, Ooh. I always get the young jokes. And we, and we he, probably he have said all 16, not this. 60. <laughs> no, I said, I said 60. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You know, guys, again, it's been one hell of a ride. Here's to another nine years. Thank you again to our listeners. Thank you to our former and current special correspondents, Veister, Wicked Wendy, Dog Soldier, wherever you've vanished off to, Sylvia Vile, and, of course, super special correspondent Tater, wherever you may be. And happy He's a Tater Con. He, yeah, he, happy might still be in line. he might still be in the TSA line in Orlando. Probably. <laughs> Or TaterCon. It's kind of shifty looking. Once again, folks, this is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. And we spent 45 minutes doing a roundtable. That's five minutes. You guys are worth five minutes of the last nine years for this roundtable. Think about that for a second. (laughs) Hey, Jim, why is the record button off? house owners, actors, and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth, this is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so I was listening to local radio here in New England, and uh, yet another story of aggressive turkeys. That's right, we have issues with turkeys up here, wild turkeys, they've made a comeback, and, you know, they get aggressive, attacking cars, people, buses, and just being a complete nuisance. And it got me thinking, um, you know, we got some haunts out there who 
pretty much have been vacant for a year. You know, didn't have a season last year with the pandemic. Go and get ready, and now's the time to start building this year. And, you know, when I was building hayrides, we would put up our sets, you know, build them in the summer and stuff, and by the time we had to take them down in November, some of the wildlife had made things, you know, their home. Uh, especially some of the more aggressive, creepier, bigger spiders would picked the creepiest, biggest scene to actually live in. Had one that was a, a spider scene, and you know, there were some big spiders living in there. I've seen some weird stuff living in haunt things by you know the end of the season. So, what if you gave it a whole year? What could possibly be out there? You know, what 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 rodents and and bugs and 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 birds and chupacabras are out there in your haunt? You know, so if you didn't run last season and you're about to go build for this season, you know, be careful when you go out there. You know, check everything. See see what you got out there because nature might have taken back the haunt from you. And, you know, you could be walking into your vampire room, you know, even if it's an indoor one, and you might come across, you know, some aggressive rats or, you know, some big cockroaches and spiders or... Or, God forbid, a flock of angry turkeys, murder turkeys, or maybe even a chupacabra. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Storm. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Well, it's a story as big as the wild hog at the center of it all. Some are saying this is the biggest wild hog ever. People are seeing a monster of epic proportions. Bladesman, big old monster. On the big scary show. Mega size monster.
trust your mother. You can't trust your best friend. You can't trust your neighbor. One minute they're perfectly normal. The next, rabbit. Pray it doesn't happen to you. Rabbit. A terrifying motion picture starring Marilyn Chambers. Rabbit. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parents.
The dead will walk here, and there's no more room in hell. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenwine Studios. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Creepy Collection. And Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally you, without you the listener, we are nothing. Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on the Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.